405-651-3439. Do it! Just do it! Now, with Locked In, here's Tyler McComas and Parker Thune. Big next three days for OU football recruiting in the 24 and 25 class. Of course, you probably already know. It's a big visit weekend in Norman. Grant Bricks is coming in along with a uh, couple of others uncommitted players in the 2024 class. But the next three days big for the 2025 class as well. And we've talked about the state of Oklahoma, how talented it is for 2025. And you got a chance later tonight to add uh, Alex Shield Knight. A three-star uh, edge defensive end out of Wagner, six foot three, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. It would get o- it would get OU its eighth commit in twenty twenty-five. Parker, it would get OU its sixth in-state commit in twenty twenty-five. So it feels like this is going to be the largest collection of scholarship Oklahoma kids that we've seen in quite some time. And for that reason, I think it would be awesome. If OU ends up with a top five, maybe even top three class in 25. I want it to happen in 24 as well. But what a cool way to feature the state and the talent in it, especially in that class. If OU's able to get, I don't know, a third of its class is Oklahoma kids, and they end up with a top five, top three ranking. And Alex Shield Knight could go a long way into, into getting there. Absolutely. And you could have a full third of your class be from the state of Oklahoma. Because once Shield Knight is off the board, assuming he is a Sooner tonight, that is six of the top ten prospects in the class of 2025 that are already on board with Oklahoma before the conclusion of their junior season. And at that point, Nate Roberts and Tristan Haynes? I mean, is that – am I forgetting anyone? Am I omitting anyone conspicuous? I mean, unless they make other offers throughout the states that we're not thinking of in the top ten, but those are – I mean, what, Nate Roberts is uh, the number two player in the state right now. Trene Washington, is he at four, maybe, four or five, something like that. So, I mean, those are the two main uncommitted targets we'll be talking about, yeah. And Nate Roberts is going to be on campus tomorrow. Correct. Tristan Haynes is going to be on campus tomorrow. So both of those guys, I mean, I, I still very much like Oklahoma's chances with both Roberts and Haynes. And so if you end up having eight commits from within state lines – I would love to know when was the last time that happened. Like I don't even care what the class was ranked, Tyler. I don't, when was the last time maybe Oklahoma never signed eight scholarship kids? Maybe may, may, from the states. I mean, we can only go as far back as two thousand two on rivals. But man, I, I don't, I, I don't think that there's been a class. And I, I'll, I'll go back and double check that at some point and and uh, add up the numbers. But there's a chance that maybe never in the modern recruiting era, Parker. And I don't. Like, I, I don't think it's a situation where Brent is being overly generous to the state and offering Oklahoma kids just to offer Oklahoma kids because that's what some people like to see. I don't think that he's sending out any offers unless he thinks those kids can play. And I think Andy Bass is a great example of that. Like, he might be the, you know, a top five, top three player in the state this year, but even he doesn't have a scholarship offer to OU this year. He's a PWO that they're paying for his tuition via um, NIL, right? So I I don't think these are pity offers. I just think the state's been that good at the top recently is how I look at it. Yeah, it's, it's a burgeoning 2025 class from within state lines, and we've talked often about how outstanding it is and i i hate to go back to the old guy the old head coach but i've long cited Andy pass as the perfect example of 
a guy that Muleshoe wouldn't have given a second look at, Tyler. He would have figured, okay, no, we're Oklahoma. We don't recruit five foot eleven white kids from thirty <laughs> minutes down the road. That's just that's not how we roll. Now, uh, if you <laughs> if you've watched Andy Bass as a senior, you know. That dude's probably going to be the Gatorade Player of the Year yeah. in the state of Oklahoma, and in years past, he would go off and be a stud somewhere like Kansas State, right? But that is the type of player that Brent Venables has made sure is not going to slip through the cracks at OU. And what what are the odds? You look ahead to this 2025 group and how loaded it is within state lines. What are the odds in years past? You know, if this is if this class comes to fruition five years ago, what are the odds that? eight out of the top ten or anywhere very close low. to it are coming to the University of Oklahoma. Very, very low, man. And, and I think that, you know, I, I, another big thing, it's almost like messaging to me with, with 25. And they've been active in the state in 23 and 24, but they want these kids in state for 25 because of how good they are. But, but I almost think it, like, sends a message, especially with how early these kids are committing as well. It's like, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Alabama now getting in the state of Oklahoma offering kids or Tennessee or even Oklahoma State trying to keep kids in state. Like, if you are an elite prospect in state, like you're coming to Oklahoma. Look at the 25 class. We're going to have eight of the top ten there uh, coming to OU. It's almost as if we are making it a point. We are sending the message, if you are an elite prospect in this state, we are going to offer you and we are going to get you on campus and I just think that that whole messaging and how they're going about it, it's way more likely when you do have a top 100 player in state that you're going to get that player at the end of the cycle. And I think Danny Okoye is probably a pretty good example of that. Miguel Chavis making quite a name for himself in the 918. Wagner's the 918, right? I would think so. Uh, I don't know where the 918 I starts and the 580 think begins. think so. Text line, you can correct us on that. Uh, if we're uh, if we're wrong about that, five eight zero. What do they look like for uh, CJ Nixon? They're talking about the uh, four star out of uh, Weatherford. Is it football or is yeah. it basketball for him? Because he, he could do both. And that's the big question. Like CJ Nixon has not been terribly impressive as a junior, and so I I guess I would phrase it this way. I have my questions as to whether Oklahoma actually prioritizes. C.J. Nixon, now he has been a regular on campus, and that's a guy that because you offered him and because he's within state lines, you got to take him one way or another. But I, I, I do have my questions about how committed to football he is and how willing Oklahoma would be to truly make him a priority when they're in real good with some other top 2025 edges, the likes of Jaden Woods, the four-star up at Mill Valley in Shawnee, Kansas, or Max Granville, the four-star edge rusher who has – beautiful film if you have not watched max granville's film it is a treat he's from down at uh fort bend christian academy in the houston area sugarland texas and he is outstanding by the way text line is confirming yes wagner is the 918 so we're so we're good there we're we're good on that front and someone said with a name like shield knight this is for mongo with a name like shield knight why is this guy not an offensive lineman Shield Knight would be a good name for an offensive lineman, but this guy is a pass rusher as well. Like he's a he's a defensive lineman that can go get the quarterback. So I think the last name fits the position here as well. Yeah, I I mean it's an awesome football name any way you slice it, right? You're like, oh yeah, Shield Knight. That sounds like a dude, and that's what he's going to be. Uh, how how cool is it going to be five years from now? 
or shoot three years from now when Oklahoma's playing ball in the SEC and with all the TV shuffling, I don't even know who the voice of the SEC will be at that point. But can you imagine Vern Lundquist going <laughs> and Shield Knight brings him down in the backfield? Yeah, that 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 would be that would be sweet. Or or Brent Musburger. For some of us, that was our childhood. I guess you fall into that one as well. But Shield Knight is uh, it, it it could go down as the best name for uh, OU in the 2025 class. I I think it probably has the early lead there. Uh, okay, EJ from Louisiana, could Andy Bass return kicks? Well, they've got they got a lot of people that can return kicks next year. Uh, could he return kicks? I mean, sure. I, I don't really see him as a kick returner type, at least with – at, le- at least with the way that Oklahoma has handled their return situation in the past. Because, like, look, if Brennan Thompson isn't returning kicks and or punts, I don't think Andy Bass is going to be returning kicks and or punts. Uh, what did they uh, – so that's back to C.J. Nixon here. So uh, 405-651-3439, keep it coming on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 682, what about Eddie Pierre-Louis this weekend? It's felt for a few Do days now. Him. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it sounded like. No, no EPL. Which um, you would rather Eddie Eddie Pierre Louis come in for a visit if it's any consolation whatsoever, and maybe Grant Bricks truly doesn't even care about this one way or the other. But Grant Bricks is that's your priority uh, this this recruiting weekend. Like he's it. Like, you got a couple of other players in twenty twenty four coming in, but make no mistake about it. Grant Bricks is a top 100 player. I'm going to guess a massive amount of attention, a massive amount, is going to be put on Grant Bricks, the uh, the blue chip offensive lineman this weekend. Yes, and I know for a fact he and his family are going to be stopping by the OU Insider tailgate tomorrow. So if you y'all need another incentive to come on out to Lindsay Street and hang out with me and the boys, uh, you get to meet the Bricks family. Talk farming with them, right? Talk about I mean, the, uh, talk about the harvest, uh, talk about all that stuff. Uh, I'm sure the, the more Nebraska football jokes, but the uh, Nebraska football truck, the semi, I'm sure will be parked right outside your tailgate. Just trying to send another message to the Bricks family before it's all said and done. <laughs> uh, there, will be, there will be no corn on the cob at the tailgate tomorrow. Man. So, look, uh, expect the unexpected. It's kind of been the case with Grant Bricks. Sounds like this might be his last visit. OU is the uh, home team here. They get last at-bats, which I think should be uh, very important here. Uh, Low percentage chance that he makes a decision this weekend, either in Norman or the Sunday after? I wouldn't call it low percentage. I wouldn't call it high percentage either, though. It's somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the twilight zone. It is altogether feasible and realistic that you could get a decision from Grant Bricks pretty immediately following this game on Saturday. It is also entirely plausible that he waits to visit Kansas State on November 25th. Yeah, that's, um, that wouldn't make me feel great, uh, November 25th, if he ends up going to Kansas State. Kansas State feels like it's sitting at uh, number three. Really, I, I think in any recruitment, you just want to get the last visit, the last impression. And yeah. the sooner that's that decision is made or the closer that decision is made to the actual visit, that normally ends up being a really good thing for whatever school, but OU especially. So, I mean, and this is, this is is easily the type of kid with whom the last visit is probably going to carry more weight 
than usual just because he has been so subject over the course of this recruiting process to the emotional ebbs and flows. So, yes, getting him on campus uh, and this potentially being the last visit. And, look, whether or not he takes a Kansas State visit, I just think the fact that – Nebraska isn't going to get him on campus again, and you will have had a more recent chance to make an impression than Nebraska. That could be decisive. Uh, Gorn Dog, as you call him, Adam Gorney of Rivals, had 10 of the biggest visits this weekend for the 2024 class. And, uh, yeah, he's got Grant Bricks, uh, one of the 10 biggest visits going on this weekend. Says the flip-flop between Nebraska and Oklahoma continues, and this weekend the Sooners will get another chance to work on the four-star offensive lineman from Logan, Iowa. It seems like the Huskers have taken a slight lead in his recruitment, but it truly feels that each time he visits either Norman or Lincoln, that school takes the lead. There is also word that Bricks will still take a late-season visit to Kansas State as one of the nation's best offensive linemen works toward a decision. So, Gorney thinks maybe Nebraska has a slight lead, maybe a one-run lead, but we're potentially going into the bottom of the ninth and Bill Biedenboe stepping up to the plate. How confident do you feel, text line? That's the that's the question for you today. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Where are uh, you at today on this OEC Fiber Football Friday? I'm out here at Beanstalk Coffee and Snow on the east side of Norman. Right off of, what street is this? This is 12th. Yeah, 12th Street. Right off of 12th Street on the east side of Norman. OEC Fiber client. So on an OEC Fiber Football Friday out here at one of the phenomenal businesses in the OEC Fiber Network. So stop on by if you're in the area. More OU Cruton, and yeah, more OU football next, right here on The Ref. The home of Sooner fans. Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KREF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra. With available features like the V8 engine. The ultimate luxury interior. And of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra. It's ready to help you get started. We are excited to be one of the only weight loss clinics in the region offering the Spats Balloon. The world's only adjustable gastric balloon and also the gastric balloon with the highest success rate. There are no incisions and no hospitalization. Just a walk-in, walk-out procedure. Join the tens of thousands of patients who have changed their lives with a Spats Balloon. Visit journeyclinic.com or call 405-515-2049 to request an appointment. Hey y'all, I'm Blake Shelton. I love that country music connects people all over this great nation, but unfortunately so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million children struggle with hunger in America. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks works to rescue our surplus food to help provide billions of meals to families in need across the country. Join the fight against hunger at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. It's an OEC Fiber Football Friday right here on Locked In with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and the Ref Army as well. Listening nationwide via our free KREF app. Providence, Rhode Island, tuned in today. Baltimore, Maryland. West Valley City, Utah. Garden Grove, California. Wichita Falls, Texas. Alexander City, Alabama. 
Rogers, Arkansas, and uh, since we've confirmed it's in the 918, Alexander Shield Night is uh, uh, choosing tonight between OU and some other schools. How about Wagner, Oklahoma as our small town of the day? How about it? Does that sound good? I I am imagining that falls under the 10,000 resident threshold. It does. Yeah. Yes, look at that. 7,669. Okay, it is acceptable. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was meant to be there. So Wagner, Oklahoma, our small town of the day, that's brought to you by Affordable Door Company, where they compromise on the price but not on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net. That's affordabledoor.net. They do residential garage doors, commercial garage doors, service and repair, garage door openers as well. Affordable Door Company. Hey, um, just a quick question on the OU West Virginia game to kind of pull the text line where they're at. We'll get back to uh, this recruiting weekend. But where is where is everyone at right now on Gavin Sawchuk? And I'm going to guess that most people still believe that Tawi Walker is OU's best option at running back. I'm in that camp especially when he's uh, 100% healthy. But Sawchuk had, what, 13 carries, 111 yards last week, a 64-yard t- touchdown run, your, your longest run of the season. While we wait for the text to roll in, where, uh, where are you at right now with G- Gavin Sawchuk and what his usage needs to be here moving forward? Well, I think it largely depends on the health of Tawi Walker because I think if Tawi Walker is a full go, that's the guy that you need to ride right now in the backfield because he's been the most stable, consistent option that you have. But if he's anything less than 100%, and especially if you want to cultivate a bit of a thunder-lightning dynamic in your backfield, Gavin Sawchuk is a guy that I would like to see carry the football 15 times a game or so. And I think it is a tragedy of epic, epic proportions that he carried nine times for 96 yards and a touchdown in the first half of that Bedlam game last week and then only had four carries for 15 yards the rest of the way. So Did they play uh, Barnes more than Salchuk in the second half for at least equal reps? It was close. I don't quite I mean, but recall. To your point, was... But to your point, like he had a really good first half. Like Just <laughs> keep giving him reps and carries in the second half. I, yeah, I... Don't, don't get away from him. Don't get away from him. But I, I do feel like... You like Tawi Walker 100% mixed with Gavin Sawchuk right now. That's your best one-two punch. And you mentioned the Thunder-Lightning duo. That's what I like best about that being your you know featured, featured running backs right now. You kind of get the best of both worlds. Like Sawchuk's got more breakaway speed. We saw that last week. Tawi Walker's a little bit more tough runner, a little bit more physical. So is it the best one-two duo in the country? Well, no. Is it the best one-two duo in the Big 12? Yeah, probably not. But you, it feels like you're maybe you're in better situation at that spot that you've been all year long potentially. Well, we'll we'll see if that um, see if that continues tomorrow. Nine one eight carries should be split like this: Walker fifty percent, Sawchuck forty percent, Smothers ten percent, Barnes and Major zero percent. I don't have a huge issue with that. I mean, if you want to continue to try to work. Dalen Smothers in fine, but a 10% number, like, oh, okay, I, I might lean a little bit more towards Walker 50%, Sawchuck 45%, but if you want to get Smothers some carries, like, I'm, I'm okay with that at this point, I guess. Yeah, I just if Barnes isn't healthy, which is, doesn't seem like he is, don't put him on the field, man. Yep. Just rock with Walker, rock with Sawchuck. I would like to see a majority of the carries go to Tawi Walker. 
and whatever carries don't go to Walker, I would like to see allocated to Sawchuck. I don't feel the urge to get Dalen Smothers terribly involved. 580, he showed patience, let him run, talking about Sawchuck. 918, Tawi Walker is better for all plays. Sawchuck has struggled in pass protection. Um, 918, well said, Tyler, 100% agree. Walker, Sawchuck, one-two punch, stick with it. 580, hope we don't lose Javante Barnes to the portal. When he's at 100%, he's a dude. Yeah, but how how long has it been since he's been 100% and looked like a dude? The Cheez-It Bowl last year? Is that the last time? Probably so, at this point, yes. Uh, 832, I just like to see some consistency in play calling. A lot of people agree with that. Sooner Soldier, uh, in my opinion, Saw Chuck needs more carries. He will get better the more he plays. Um, I, Tawi looked really good in the second half last week. I'm guessing that he gets the start on Saturday and gets the most carries, but if if for some reason he's not 100%, he's not fully healthy, then I expect it to look very similar as to what it did last week, minus like the Barnes involvement. I think we could see Sawchuck start the game, and then as the game goes on, you could get Tawi Walker involved. But my guess is that Tawi starts because he's a lot closer to 100% than what he was last week. And I would agree with that. I, I, I'm also curious to see whether Marcus Major is involved at all because obviously he didn't play last week, uh, didn't travel against Kansas, so this would be three straight weeks in a row that he's sat out uh, if he is not part of the game plan tomorrow. But even if he is healthy, man, again, I, I, Major hasn't shown me enough this year to make me believe that he needs to be a regular cog in this backfield. I guess, I guess here's the question for any of the running backs tomorrow. Will any of these running backs run for more yards than uh, OU's quarterback? One of OU's quarterback commits in 2024, Michael Hawkins, and how many yards he had last night? He went for 210 yards Jeez. on the ground and a touchdown. Led Emerson to a 34-24 to victory. It was a real rainy, ugly night weather-wise down there in DFW, Tyler. But, man, when OU fans see with – when they see firsthand with their own two eyes just how shifty and just how electric Michael Hawkins is as a runner, man, I I halfway wonder, and I don't think it's an impossibility at all, that he's getting some package looks next year as a true freshman, much the way Jackson Arnold is this year. And not in the same capacity because Jackson Arnold has kind of been your short yardage hammer this season. That's not what Michael Hawkins is, but that athleticism – that rushing ability and the constant threat that even if you have him in the game situationally, presumptively to run the ball, he can always pull it back and fire a pass on a dime downfield to an open receiver. Man, he is going to be a fun little toy for Jeff Levy to play with for the next couple of years until it is his time to assume the starting role from Jackson Arnold. Is, is it all like just a little bit surprising? And, and I know the headline quarterbacks are out there and they get the majority of the attention. That's fine. But at some point, you got to look at Michael Hawkins' stat line from this year and how consistent it's been. And I don't know, give the guy a little bit more attention. Maybe he would get more attention if he was an uncommitted player and his recruiting process was ongoing, but there's just little attention nationally for a guy that's just throwing up ridiculous numbers every single game, man. I mean, you you can have your qualms with Michael Hawkins' throwing motion. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing people have beef with because it's like, okay, with his body of work, what else can you fight? Because... He is electric in the running game. 
He has been dominant through the air. He has continually progressed and gotten better and better and better as his high school career has gone on. He's got the measurables. He's got the intangibles. I mean, it, the throwing motion is a little bit wonky. Like It's not terribly conventional, but it works. And so if your biggest quibble with Michael Hawkins is, oh, the ball looks a little funky coming out of his hand, okay, argue with the stat sheet. Well, I mean, and he wouldn't be the first ever quarterback coming out of high school that didn't have a conventional throwing motion, right? And, you know, some are believers that that can be fixed. Like what, what, like, like you're saying, like the stats kind of prove out that he's a, he's a really nice quarterback, a really nice quarterback in this class. This text says, uh, stoked for Hawkins, and stoked is in all caps. I'm guessing they're talking about Michael Hawkins there. But OU's also recruiting his little brother Malik Hawkins as well, correct? And where do things stand on uh, with uh, Michael Hawkins' little brother Malik? Well, Malik really likes Texas right now, interestingly enough. And it's kind of starting to feel, Tyler, like the uh, Peyton Bowen, Eli Bowen dynamic, where Malik is the type of kid, right, he's the little brother, so there's that natural urge to kind of want to go your own way with it. And look, those two boys do want to play together, but by the same token, I think the reason why Malik hasn't committed yet and taken his time with the recruiting process is because he wants to be able to enjoy it independently of his brother. Texas has made a real hard push. And it right now it would not shock me at all if, much like Eli Bowen, this decision for Malik came down to Oklahoma and Texas. Now, similar to Eli Bowen, I would be very surprised if that's not a battle Oklahoma wins in the end because of the connection, the legacy factor as well as the fact that Oklahoma was very early to the table with an offer. Not his first, but his first big-time offer. I think at that point he only had Arkansas and Texas State on his offer sheet. So, uh, yeah, he likes Texas a lot. Uh, it's kind of he, – he gets a ribbing from his dad and his older brother about it a little bit. But he'll be back up in Norman this weekend with Mike Sr. and Mike Jr. to watch the Sooners. And I do find it hard to believe in the end Oklahoma doesn't get his pledge. Maybe he'll be like Eli Bowen and just like randomly commit when not a whole lot of people are expecting it. That happened a few months ago. Hey, by the way, yeah, I'm following my older brother to OU. That's that's what's going to happen. That was uh, very surprising from Eli Bowen, but uh, you definitely take it. Hey, uh, Norman High beat Broken Arrow last night. First playoff win for Norman High in over a decade. I saw some uh, very frustrated Broken Arrow alumni, Broken Arrow fans out there about the uh, 3-8 and eight season the Tigers had this year. But Norman High is rolling on with a second-round matchup against Bixby. But we got a lot of uh, playoff action for you tonight, krefsports.tv. All games tonight start at 7 p.m. We've got Edmund North at Norman North, Mustang at Westmore, Enid and Edmund Santa Fe, Piedmont and Elgin. All those at 7 p.m. All playoff games, krefsports.tv. Go check them out. Ton of text to get to. More on this recruiting weekend for OU. All right here on The Ref. We are the Homo Sooner fans. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. The Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. Yo, that's crazy. From Norman to Lawton, Clinton, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and beyond. That's a lot of... ...know where a good education might take you. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune on this OEC Fiber Football Friday. And we've been waiting for the news to drop all day long. Jim Harbaugh got on the bus. I think he even got on the team plane to head out to Happy Valley. Pete Thamel is now reporting the Big Ten is expected to discipline Jim Harbaugh from being on the sideline until the conclusion of the regular season. He will be allowed to coach during the week. So, <laughs> dude's going to end up missing like half of the regular season games his team plays this year. Un- unbelievable. Oh, that's right, because he served that suspension to start the yeah, year. not like half the season. It would be half the season. The it, first it, three it, games and then the last three games. Sheesh, man. Okay, well, and this this begs the question, what is the punchback going to be from Michigan? Because this has been quite the squabble especially from a PR standpoint throughout the week as this saga has dragged on and on and on. So, gosh, it's just a, it's another highly eventful chapter in this whole saga, but we are far from the finish line here. I can't imagine the, uh, the negative recruiting that teams in the Big Ten are trying to use with this whole saga. Um, and I, it doesn't seem like it's really affected Michigan recruiting all that much in 24 and 25, but, dude, you know that Ohio State and Wisconsin and Penn State and all those other schools, really anyone who's recruiting against Michigan is trying to use this. I just I don't know how much success that they're going to have trying to use that as uh, negative recruiting. Yeah, and Michigan's class, to their credit, has remained very tight-knit throughout this whole process. I don't believe they've lost anybody in the class of 2024, even with all these investigations swirling. So uh, for anybody looking for an implosion up in Ann Arbor, I don't think that's coming in the immediate future. To me, what's I think the most intriguing aspect of this whole deal is what are the long-term ramifications? What happens this offseason? Do Michigan and Harbaugh remain on good, agreeable terms, or do both parties kind of say, okay, given all that's gone on here, I think going in different directions behooves both parties. If they if they arrive at that agreement, then Harbaugh could be off to the NFL. That Michigan job could be the highest profile vacancy in America, at least on the college circuit. And it the possibilities right now are limitless and they are tantalizing. Yeah, uh, and this is just a guess by me, but given the recent history of what Harbaugh's tried to to do. I think it's more likely that Harbaugh would want to go separate ways than Michigan would want to go separate ways. I I feel like um, even with all of this, and Michigan's really tried to stand its ground during all this, Michigan's still going to want Jim Harbaugh to come back next year and the rest of that staff. Now, will Jim Harbaugh want that? Will he have NFL opportunities? I don't know. I guess we'll see again this offseason. But if I had to guess, he's still the head coach at at Michigan next year. But I guess uh, a lot is... Still to come on the on this whole thing. A, a lot's probably still going to happen. Uh, Nine oh three on the text line. Have a feeling Peyton Bowen gets a pick. Uh, have a feeling PB gets a pick this game up. I'm guessing that means have a feeling Peyton Bowen gets a pick this game. Is that there's been one listener that's been predicting a Peyton Bowen pick every week for the last like six or seven weeks. I don't know if it's that same listener, but uh, he's due one of these days. He's going to get that first I would just like to see Peyton Bowen back there uh, playing more than 10 snaps, like looking healthy enough to play more than 10 snaps in a game. That'd, well, that'd be if, nice. Yeah, and Steely played some comments earlier from Brandon Hall, the Sooners' safeties coach, and 
the message that Brandon Hall shared, the overarching message of his comments on Coach's Corner earlier this week was that, uh, yeah, Peyton Bowen, if he's not 100%, he's very close to it, and he is going to play a lot more this week than he has the last couple weeks, which is good news if you're a Sooner fan. Spence in Tulsa says, is there any chance of a true quarterback competition between Jackson Arnold and Michael Hawkins, or is it Arnold's job next season? Oh, uh, no, no, no. You can uh, go ahead and uh, not not even in pencil, in pen, put Jackson Arnold as QB1 for next year. Yeah, look, I, it's, I've been driving the bus for Michael Hawkins for two full years now, but... Jackson Arnold is your starting quarterback in 2024. Uh, by the way, Grant Bricks, yes, will be in town this weekend, but are they trying to get another defensive back in this class? Cameron Campbell they are, man. out of Tampa. Sheesh. What's uh, what, what's going on? They're, they are they're, they're shooting for the largest class that OU's had in recent history, and I guess they're shooting for the largest defensive back class in recent history as well. This would be defensive back number eight Man. if Cameron Campbell were to end up in Oklahoma's signing class. So, yeah, you want to talk about numbers, the Sooners would have them in the defensive backfield and would probably be more than willing to process a couple guys out this offseason. Yeah, and uh, just interesting that they're taking that big of a class when I think overall you feel pretty good about the secondary position. Um, the depth that you have at corner, of course your front-line starters – and what you have at safety as well. And, you know, Billy Bowman will have a decision to make at the end of the year. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a – I'm not complaining about it. It's a class of, of really good players um, just all across the board. But surprised that they're continuing to bring in players and, and offer. And Cameron Campbell, six foot, 163 pounds, uh, a three-star out of Tampa. His big offers are Ole Miss, Kansas State, KU, Minnesota, and, of course, OU – but what's to what's to really like about Cameron Campbell as we get more and more uh, familiarized with him? Yeah, look, I <laughs> I will be the first to admit I have not really done a ton of scouting on Cameron Campbell, the player. I will say our team at Rivals has him ranked as a high three star prospect right now. So uh, clearly a guy that, per the rankings, is a power five type dude. Anybody with a three star designation. Of, of of the upper echelon, the, the the formula is a little bit weird. If you're a three star with a five point six or a five point seven rating, that's typically the indicator that you are a power five caliber player. Uh, Cameron Campbell carries a five point seven, the highest possible three star designation. His offer sheet is pretty impressive. He's got Louisville. He was obviously committed to Michigan State. He's got Ole Miss, Colorado, Miami, Kansas State, West Virginia. So. This is a guy with offers coast-to-coast, and now I think what's interesting is he's coming in on an official visit as this on the same weekend as his former compatriot yep. in Michigan State's, uh, well, I shouldn't say signing class, but class of commits. Reggie Powers was also committed to Michigan State as uh, at, on, around the same time that Cameron Campbell was, and so those two were Michigan State commits together. It's very, very enticing that Campbell is coming in town for this official visit on the very same weekend that Reggie Powers, a guy that he has crossed paths with on Michigan State visits in the past, is also there presumably to help the Sooners do some recruiting. So add Cameron Campbell to the uh, recruiting board for OU in 2024. His name is next to uh, Grant Bricks, who will also be in town this weekend, and Sam Dubwig. 
doesn't have a scholarship offer from OU, the number six punter. You know what I think they should do with Sam Dubwig from the state of Arkansas? What do you um, think they should do? He He's in tomorrow, and during one of the three-and-a-half-minute timeouts that we have during college football games now, one of the many three-and-a-half, four-and-a-half-minute timeouts where we all just stand there and look at each other and check scores, essentially, why not bring Sam Dubwig out on the field and say, hey, here's a football, you get one opportunity. From the goal line, if you punt it over 50 yards, we will give you a scholarship offer right right here. How, how about it? 50-yard punt for Sam Dubwick, he gets a scholarship offer tomorrow. I mean, I'm down with it. It'll be Maybe great. Have... It'll be great, like, in-game, timeout, entertainment, if nothing else. Kicking for chicken? Yeah, he can do kicking for chicken as well. Whichever you'd like. Yes. But if a guy is a borderline offer or not, and I don't even know if Sam Dubwig is, is borderline, they, maybe OU has no intentions to offer him a scholarship and just say, yeah, we'd love to have you, but you're going to be a PWO. But yeah, just you know, give him a challenge, offer it up, and if he passes, then he'll get a scholarship right then and there. And he can even commit. I'm just, I'm just trying to make these timeouts more entertaining because, dude, it's pretty brutal right now with these three-and-a-half, four-and-a-half-minute timeouts for a fan. Yeah. I will say I I spoke with Dubwig uh, excuse me briefly yesterday and he's not expecting a scholarship offer I'm not expecting a scholarship offer I expect him if he does end up at Oklahoma and he did acknowledge to me that OU is his top school right now uh, but if he does end up at Oklahoma it'll be as a PWO in all likelihood yeah uh, by the way we got more predictions rolling in for the 405 PJ gets two sacks this weekend now I would love to see PJ get two sacks this weekend. The only problem is West Virginia has the second fewest completions in the Big 12 this year. Like basically they don't throw the ball a whole lot until they have to. So for a guy like PJ who we've been really excited about uh, this year, the past 2 weeks have been a little bit difficult to make impact plays. Allen Bowman gets the ball out real quick. Jason Bean um, likes to run around quite a bit, so this this could be another tough game for those pass rushers like R. Mason Thomas and P.J. There will be opportunities to get to the quarterback, especially if you put them in third and long, but this is a uh, West Virginia team that likes to likes to run the ball quite a bit. They're the number one team in the conference in Big 12 play in rushing the football. So you better be able to win the battle at the point of attack, and that starts on the interior more so than it does with the edges, and because West Virginia is a more run-oriented team, I would figure – you see a lot more of Ethan Downs and Rondell Bothroy than you do of P.J. Adibawara and R. Mason Thomas. Yeah. 405. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you the sour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. They sell Buicks and GMC, Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. They also have half-price oil changes on Saturday. 
Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Parker is at Beanstalk Coffee and Snow in Norman today. What's going on where you're at? Well, not a whole lot. Quiet day out on the east side of Norman. If you're in the area, come on, stop by. I guess I'm only here for a couple more minutes. But great stuff happening out here at Beanstalk Coffee and Snow, which is one of OEC Fiber's fantastic clients here on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. And talked to our guy David Goodspeed earlier about the fantastic things that OEC Fiber is doing in and around the Norman community. So stop on out at Beanstalk Coffee and Snow. I do have some swag Sweet. if you are able to make it here before I get on the road out to Wagner. Uh, Santa John wants to know why you still have uh, EPL to OU. I'm, I'm guessing that's going to change sometimes. Yeah, soon. I'm going to bail on that. It's just a matter of whether it's UCF or Oregon. He's not coming to OU at this point. Alex Shield Knight tonight. We told you about him for, I don't know, a couple of weeks now. 2025 prospect, number eight player in the state. What's Is that going to be around 6.30, 6.45 before his 7 p.m. game tonight? Is that right? Yes, so the announcement is coming before his game, so no exact time on that, but I would figure it's in the 630-645 range. Ronnie Crimson says, anyone else excited to see that Unity kid play tomorrow? I think he might score a couple of touchdowns. I hope the Unity kid scores a couple of touchdowns tomorrow, and I hope he does it by throwing the deep ball and running uh, running up the middle, running uh, not east to west, but north and south tomorrow. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, the... Uh... Though I mean, the one time they've worn the Unity uniforms this point, they scored 52 points. Is that their most against a Power 5 opponent in the uh, Venables era offhand? I think it is. Um, yeah, they got – if they would have kept the foot on the gas against Nebraska, they would have had that. But That is true. I think 52 is – yeah, well, <laughs> maybe history, the short history will repeat itself tomorrow with the, uh, with the Unity uniforms. Ho- hopefully that will happen. Uh, 918, so Jim Harbaugh could coach from the booth? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think that he can be on the grounds of the stadium tomorrow, which apparently this ruling that he is essentially suspended from coaching during the game for the rest of the regular season by the Big Ten, that happened while uh, Michigan's in the air. <laughs> they haven't landed yet. So I don't know if he's going like, to hang like, out at the team hotel or come back or what he's going to do, but he can't coach on the field tomorrow. Maybe he'll pull a uh, Bobby Valentine. Yeah, yes. Throw on a uh, throw on a sunglasses and fake mustache oh, and go sit dude. up in a luxury box. That would be that'd be awesome. I'd uh, I'd like that quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, the big story with uh, OU recruiting right now was Grant Bricks and um, Gorney said he thought Nebraska had maybe a slight lead heading into the weekend. Nebraska side, pretty still pretty confident. They feel pretty confident going into this visit about the uh, number one hundred overall player, offensive lineman from Logan, Iowa. I mean, I would say they feel apprehensive, understandably, because this is a kid where if you've tracked the tenor of this recruitment throughout, it's always kind of been a not necessarily not necessarily a flavor of the month thing. And like this is clearly his favorite school, but it's almost as if every time he visits a school, he remembers how much he loves that particular school. And so Oklahoma getting the chance to make an impression later on down the line than Nebraska. Basically, not not the absolute last impression if he ends up visiting Kansas State on, on November 25th, but if they get the chance to have the final word between them and Nebraska, that bodes well for OU's chances. Um, some big uh, visitors this weekend just uh, elsewhere. Lincoln Cure, maybe my uh, favorite prospect in the 2025 class already from Goodland, Kansas. 
he will be visiting Oregon, and I'm sure that he's going to take a lot of visits throughout his recruiting process is, is, is what I'm guessing. Um, so he'll be out at Eugene for that Oregon-USC game. Cam Coleman, the five-star Texas A&M commit, will be at Florida State this weekend for that FSU-Miami game. Florida State's got over 100 visitors in Tallahassee this weekend for that FSU-Miami game. And then a guy that we've talked about quite a bit, Dom McKinley, A&M commit, will be back in College Station this weekend. And uh, it sounds like Texas A&M is trying to do everything to keep that class together as the losses continue to mount. Uh, Terry Bussey, they're trying to get him back. Dom McKinley, they see him as one of the key pieces of this class as well. So Dom McKinley will be back at uh, Texas A&M. Do you view that as significant? Uh, significant, sure, but I'm I'm not of the opinion that Jimbo Fisher is back as Texas A&M's head coach in 2024. And so if that staff breaks apart, who knows what happens with this class. And that's why Oklahoma is well-advised to maintain contact with both Terry Bussey and Dominic McKinley. Yeah, so uh, we'll let you know. Alex Shield Knight coming up later tonight, six foot three, 225 pounds out of Wagner, Oklahoma. Three-star defensive end edge player. The Rush coming up next on this Football Friday. Keep it locked on The Ref.